0: What's going on, OTL Nation? It's Jeremy with the audio experience, and we're back at it. Today, we have a very special guest in the building. It is a longtime friend and savage. As usual, we only bring the savages on here. From Shoreline, Washington, to the University of Arizona, a golfer extraordinaire, happily married man, dog lover, sibling, real estate guru, the man, the myth, the legend, let me introduce you to Max McKinley. How's it going, my brother? Good, man.
1: It's good to have that, you. That was an intro and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it. I feel love it. special.
0: I love doing the intros because people are they're looking at me like, "Where is he going to go with this? Like, <laughs> what else is he going to say?" What's good, dog?
1: It's grinding, man. It's fun. I Times love,
0: are good right now. Facts. It's uh, it's always fun when we get on this podcast and start talking as if we weren't talking for like an hour and a half before we got on the podcast.
1: Double up a couple of those things.
0: <laughs> exactly. But uh, we were saying it's been like, I don't know, over 10 years since I've seen you. Long time. And uh, I was talking to a buddy of ours, Mike, because I seen him yesterday. And he's like, oh, you know what? I was like, I'm hopping on a podcast with Max McKinley. He's like, that's random as hell. <laughs> I was like, it's not as random as you think. Uh but I mean, birds of father flock together. And I think everybody who listened to this podcast is kind of, of the same DNA, which is kind of nice about the off the lease community. It's just a bunch of people who uh, kind of are tired of mediocrity and just want to get after it. So whenever I'm scrolling through social media, I'm always like, huh, so-and-so fit the criteria and you popped up and seeing you being active and, and your girl has been doing her thing. And, being super creative. I seen the new uh, dresser at the front door. that's seen on Instagram. I was
1: like, damn, I feel honored. I can see this thing in person. It's yeah, usually that in. would be a a her thing, but that was a me thing. You made that.
0: Yeah. Say less. That's, <laughs> that's nice. No, I just I just like when people are active and creative and uh, find a way to just to have fun and consistently push buttons. And I just think there's too much fear of failure. We're like. If it doesn't make a massive amount of money and if I'm not like extremely good at it and it doesn't look good on Instagram, then I'm not going to do it. So I just appreciate people who just push buttons and like, huh, let's do it for the fun of it. Or if it works out, it works out. If not, I had fun.
1: For sure. I mean, it's easy to say, hard to do. Facts. You, uh, there's... You're scared all the time. I mean, there's so many things I still haven't done and want to do, this being included. I mean, it was nice that you reached out because it gave me like an opportunity to say <laughs> yes. But doing everything on your own, starting something from scratch, not the easiest. And don't get me wrong, it's nice to like lean on people. I don't think I'd be anywhere right now if it wasn't for others. But yeah, I mean, to pull the trigger on something that you love but you've never done before, it's like... It's a lot easier to say it than do it.
0: There's just no guarantee. And I think there's a interesting coming out of COVID. Cause I think it was like twofold. One, when people like who have been in the rat race for 10 years, working nine to five or just going nonstop when they actually had had to stop and go home and like spend time with their family. They, I would say, I hope that people would say like, man, I didn't realize how much I had actually missed being around my family and actually spending time and, and that my body actually needed rest and my mind needed rest, my soul needed rest. And so it gave them a chance to like remember their worth, you know, because yep. you're working in the rat race and you're like, oh, a dollar raise, that's that's amazing, you know. <laughs> and long run it is, but like a dollar raise, I mean that's whatever, 160 bucks every, you know, two weeks. So um so I think from there, people immediately, you know, as people do, go to the opposite extreme where they're like, I think I'm gonna become an entrepreneur. And anybody who's done anything entrepreneurial minded, it's like, it sounds so good. You're like, I make my own schedule. I have all my freedom. And then you're like, wait, nobody's lining up the jobs for me. Nobody's like, does all the licensing and does all the busy work. And, and so you realize that there's a whole lot more to it. I mean, the beauty of entrepreneurship is that you trade time and money to hopefully gain time and money. Yeah. But a lot of times what people don't see is the whole lot of
1: time that you're not paid for in order to get to the
0: point where you get more time and more money.
1: Yeah. And I mean that entrepreneurship, that's like become the Mecca in the career world now. Yes. But the average person doesn't really know what they're doing in that yet. And I think it's because they're following a dream, which is awesome, but you know, getting over that hump and like you said, someone not setting it up for you. I think that's the hardest part most people don't want to believe that that's the truth. But like, has anything ever been served on a silver platter? And if it has, amen to you. But even the stuff
0: that's served on a silver platter, somebody had to grind to make, you know?
1: Oh, a hundred percent.
0: So that's like the, the multiplication factor, you know, is, is always, can you multiply what you've been given? Yep. You know? And I think that, you know, that's that's the hardest part is when it's fun to be an entrepreneur until like the buck stops with you. You know, you can't pass it off or be like, That's above my pay grade. Like at the end of the day, it's your problem. No one yep. else cares. Nobody totally. else cares about your business, nobody cares if you don't make the deal, nobody else cares if you lose your house. Like it really does all come down to you. And that it really does take a different kind of DNA in order to have the guts to really see yourself through. And I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs, like really good entrepreneurs had a really hard life one or two, you know, they, uh, like they said, like people who grew up in affluent homes, like that their parents were the boss or the owner, like their parents teach them how to be owners and how to be bosses. And like, say like the middle class and below, like you teach your kids how to be good employees and how to follow rules and how to, you know, listen to your boss and do what you're told. And so to make that transition is so much bigger than just like quitting your job and being doing what you like to do, because you actually have to completely change your DNA from doing what you're told to like telling yourself what to do, you know, and making yourself do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a good point of like growing up who you look up to and the way you were raised good or bad kind of creates who you're about to be. I mean, if you grow up, I I don't want to say given everything, but having a lot and you look up to the people who gave you that you want to make them proud Mm. when you get to that age and say, you didn't have that and you see people who did, I mean, that makes you work harder. So, I mean, I guess the entrepreneurship thing that can lead to maybe who you were as a youngster and who you looked up to then. I mean, and yeah, it's a grind now, but there's a, there's a lot of years that were taken to get to that point, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and it's not like it's not sexy work, you know. It's, no, it's it doesn't look like good on the gram. Like all the emails, and you know, it's like the only thing. It's like it really does look like a time lapse video of you sitting at your computer and typing.
1: Dude, even posting an Instagram photo <laughs> takes time that you don't want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's. I went. I was doing photography for a few years before real estate, and. Because the passion was there, you loved it and the only way for your business to be broadcasted to the world was put it online mm. so I guess that was a part of the business and I enjoyed it but now that it's not I mean I'll go on trips with the wife or golf trips or you know I care more about talking about the things now than I do saying it needs to go straight to Instagram and mm. I still think that's like, it can hurt because business now is driven so much through social media that you should try to take advantage of that and i don't think that i do as much as that i should and want to but it is time like there's some dedication that needs to go in if you're prepared to you know broadcast five videos a week like it's not just get your face in front of the phone that so five minutes before five minutes before that i mean it's- so it much goes all the way down to the outfit you wear, which is crazy. But yes, it's I think people talk it's about true. like,
0: uh, like video game streamers, like talking. That's the life. Like they have <laughs> like 10 hour streams, bro. Like 10 hours of sitting Nick there. I, exactly. I've talked Nick Merck. So Nick Merck's obviously just signed a massive deal with Twitch. Uh, and it was like, it's a ridiculous amount of money. Right. But he has an entire editing team, was their entire job is to edit him playing video games. Totally. Like,
1: so he plays video games and just talks. And nothing against him because he's... I'll be honest. I was, I was a big Call of Duty dude for a while. And I... In heart, like, I still want to be. But it took <laughs> up too much of my time. And I wasn't making money. So I decided to stop. But I was watching, like, videos of him all the time. And I'm like, damn, that just seems so fun.
0: It really does. And it's just, like, the... Just the freedom of it. And it's it's just, like... It's crazy that him playing video games has now produced full-time jobs for, like, a bunch of people.
1: Wild. And they're doing well. And I he mean, just
0: took the whole team in, like, a private jet to, the like, UFC in Vegas. And you're just like, oh, just
1: it's just that, you know? It's just so... I mean, social media as a whole and, like, society, like, there's an 8-year-old on YouTube making, like, $10 million a month. Easy. Just posting... I don't even know what it is. It's like unboxing of gifts or something. or you like toys? It's like toys. It's a toy review or something. And I'm like, okay, I get grind. Love it. (laughs) But at the same time, why didn't I think of that? Yes.
0: Well, and it's just like time. It's just time and place. And there's just so many, like I always say, it's like an iceberg, you know, like you see at the top and you're like, oh yeah, he just plays video games and edits and put it on the internet. But like he had a lifetime of playing video games all day every day and then it yeah. just happened to pay off when you know video games pop off and it becomes like a full like esports industry you know where they're literally considered professional athletes and they're selling out stadiums to like have people watch them play video
1: games and shout out to his parents because they went through some <laughs> rough times <laughs> nick get off the xbox i mean i remember you get home at school at three thirty and you'd play halo or call of duty with your boys until dinner time but that's like Three four hours at most. Mm. I mean, just his stream alone is like three or four times out a day, a day, a day. But anyways, yeah.
0: So back to our regular lives and away yeah. from our ideal lives. Uh, so you grew up in Shoreline? Grew up in Shoreline. Went to Sherwood High School. Shout out to the Thunderbirds. Uh, that was that was a <laughs> squad. Good sports. <laughs> My bad. Uh, and then University of Arizona, correct? Yes. Fair enough. So
1: did you play golf at University of Arizona? No, I tried to walk on. Blessing these okay. disguise. And you walked off? Yeah, I walked off. Oh, Only see. because I got the uh, have a good day email. That was it. <laughs> That's it? So, like, they got a new coach that year. And I thought it was actually, like, the opportunity to make the team because they had a JV squad. So they probably had like 20 plus guys on their entire team, only eight travel. And this was my chance to be one of the 12 others who maybe just sat around and got free clubs and clothes and play golf every day. But I played well, glad I didn't make it because my experience was phenomenal. And that some of my best friends are out of there. Um, I was in the Greek system and I wouldn't be able to have that experience if it wasn't for the coach giving me the, uh, have a good day. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, that, I had many good days. Yeah. I had many good days, but yes, U of A was fun.
0: we were talking about, uh, friends and how, like, as you grow up, like, especially when you're in high school, you're like, I'm going to be friends with these people forever, you know? And then you graduate and you're like, never seen them again. But there's like some people that like you are friends with forever, maybe a handful Mm-hmm. I mean, this, I'm, we're talking about my experience or in the, I would say in the majority of people's experience and then you get oh, for into sure. like college and you like, it's not just, these are your friends cause they're in your proximity, you know, basically that's what high school is. It's like, here's 300 people and, you know, these are your options basically. Mm-hmm. And you get to college and it could be, you meet somebody randomly like in a grocery store or at a party or, and then now you're friends with that person forever and you're best friends with their wife and you guys go on trips every year and it's just so strange how, how that changes because I don't, I don't know if it's because you're choosing them or because the the you, universe, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like what you, you know what you value yeah. and that person has like what you value or, um,
1: I think those things don't really come at least for me. They didn't really like arise until probably after college. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say like my core values now have definitely changed over the last 10 years. Mm. Um, what are your core values? I mean, family providing for them. Um, honestly, I want, I really want to be successful. That's like a huge drive of mine. What does that mean? What's successful look like? Making don't check. Sh- don't sugarcoat it. I mean, honestly, making as How much, much money as shit ton. <laughs> like what? I don't know. I want to, I'd love to be able to. Like, realistically, what do you want to see in your bank account? I'd love to see eight figures. Just, but at the same time, like, I'm a big investor guy, so I don't really want that much money sitting in my checking account. <laughs> <laughs> then the banks just use it against you. <laughs> right. um, no, I just want to be able to hit a certain age, which <clears throat> in my opinion would be, I don't know, 40, and be able to say that. I've done enough that like my wife doesn't have to work right now. Mm. And then I don't have to work if I don't want to. And I don't think I ever want to fully retire because real estate is an industry where you can work until you're dead and don't necessarily always feel like you're working. Um, but yeah, I mean money is a huge driver for me and I think that's changed over the last few years and it's due to like podcasts and videos and looking up to people who absolutely crush it in the real estate field and learning more about the industry, knowing that, I mean, 90% of all the billionaires in the world have invested or own real estate and they're not even known for it. Mm. Um, it's probably the number one, like quickest way to get rich when you don't have to be that smart. <laughs> <laughs> so I take all of those things into account for sure. Um, people will argue me on that. And there's always debates about that, but, you know, you could have purchased a house 10 months ago in neighborhoods that we live in and you wouldn't have to do one thing to it and you would have made a couple hundred grand already. That's so crazy. And I'm, not all of us have $600,000 to put in the stock market to make those numbers, but you know, you could put $40,000 down on a house and let that appreciation rise but not doing one thing to it for sure so you know it's that's what i love about it is because this the limit or i guess this there is no sky's the limit mm-hmm. easiest way to put it there's really no cap i want to be out of my own plane one day
0: you're, you're with the, <laughs> you're with that new lingo yeah no cap no cap. In a completely I don't, I'm not even manner. sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> <Do> I, <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't. I'm not I mean, even kidding. There's a, a guy that I had come work with, for me a little bit ago, and he used, like, three different terms. And this was actually, like, I felt, for the first time ever, I felt old. He said, like, three different terms. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I'm always the guy who, like, has the lingo, you know? And I was like, I literally have never heard that in my life. Do you know, you know like, what they were? One was hut 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 yes like we i think we were actually that's this was i was playing uh call of duty and uh we're like in the middle of the game this guy goes hey i got to go hut and then just like signs off
1: never heard of it that's what i said what about uh, bet bet means like yep see i have like a buddy who texts me bet and i was like uh, like are you about to sports bet like i i honestly <laughs> have no. that <laughs> basically means like yep like
0: okay. like hey, i'm about to come through hey bet
1: Yeah, that was one that I.
0: Yeah, and Hut was like, I am out. Like, got to go.
1: And I was like, how does that even make sense? Hut. What about like YH? Someone's been texting me that saying instead of yeah, like YH. It's like you could just say YA, which I would know what you mean. It's still the exact same thing. But YH means yeah, like a short term of Y-E-A-H. Like so we, we're getting to that, so we're getting to so that point <laughs> where we're getting to that point where we change a two letter word to a different two letter word. <laughs>
0: it's so, <laughs> so painful. But the, uh, but as far as like, um, go back to the real estate cause yeah. I'm, I'm actually really interested cause I have a huge value and this is why I love podcasts cause I love learning mm-hmm. and I love learning about things that I'm completely ignorant about cause I had no problem telling you that I'm completely ignorant and with real estate, I am extremely ignorant. So I appreciate when I come on podcasts and I listen to podcasts about people who can take things like that and really break it down. Like you hear this, that means this, right? So for the layman, me, what is like, what are like a couple of uh like wives' tales that like are just flat out not true? Or like can you debunk some things for us
1: when it comes to Well, my biggest pet peeve, and this is not, this is in real estate sales. So being a broker is that it's an easy job right now. Mm. I I think I've worked two times harder than I've worked my entire career for less sales and less pay. And this last month, take that away because it's been really good. But up until that, I mean... It's been nice having my dad on board well me jumping on board with him he's been in it for 20 years so I learned a lot from him and again kind of goes back to our you know our original conversation or I guess how we started this conversation. I looked up to him wanted to be like him and it was awesome being able to like join him and now that he's you know kind of you know slowly moving out of it, it's up to me to kind of like keep that going on. If I want to sell real estate or not, or just do an investing side, at least I've like put my foot down in this industry. What do I want to do for the rest of my life. So going back to your question right now, real estate, if you put a house on the market, 98% of the time it's going to sell for that price or higher. And the listing agent might not have to do, much work or anything besides all the work that goes into putting a house on the market which is a lot multiple weeks worth of stuff um but that's that's one side of real estate for me being 30 years old a lot of my clients are first-time home buyers what's the age range 27 to 35 and maybe that's not their first home but you're still in that price range where you're i mean i don't know what. Again, it's not my job to know how much money they make, but I know putting them in touch with lenders to make sure they are pre-approved and able to purchase a house of the price they're looking at, it can give me an idea. And I mean, with what's going on with COVID the last two, almost two years now, there's a lot of money being flown around by people moving to different states and California is moving up here moving to Texas, moving to Idaho. I mean, a lot of these states, are prices are going through the roof and Seattle being one of them. It's been that way for a while. But, you know, someone who is of my age, who is excited that they can afford an $800,000 house, say here in Edmonds, that $800,000 house, when it's all said and done, goes for a million. So that, you know, 15 to 25% above ask price is kind of like this typical norm. And it's hard to tell people that, hey, you know, you, you got approved for 800, but most likely your, your offer is going to get smacked due, (laughs) due to the demand right now and inventory low. So sure. If you're on one side of things and you're consistently having your clients or people reach out to you to sell homes, yes, I could see that being on the easier side because you aren't those properties aren't sitting around a long time. You aren't dealing with your clients getting upset that the sale isn't happening, but there's another side to it. And for me, that side's like 80% of my business. So yeah, I do work a lot, a lot harder. I mean, easiest way to put it is that, you know, a six figure job right now, that's something to thrive for if you're not already doing it, but making a hundred thousand dollars in the world we live in is not that much. Right. Um, but let's just put that as like throw that down. So got to make what 8,000 bucks a month to get to that number close to it. If you're looking for a client, if you have multiple clients you're looking for, for let's just say on the low end three months and you know, you might make $20,000 on that commission, but that you factor that into a monthly basis. You're not even up to your hundred thousand dollars you want right. to make. And sometimes I'm looking for people for eight months. It's crazy. dude. I mean, there's, I'm working with a buddy right now who I started a conversation with him to over two years ago. So even though he's put an offer in on something for 800,000 and I might make 3% of that, it factors out to being like, I don't know, less than a thousand bucks a month or something. Yes. So it, it's just, unless you're in the industry, you don't necessarily understand all that and then at the same time, people say, oh, no, it's an easy job. Well, then why don't you get your license? Yes. <laughs> why don't you do it? I mean, I would hap- happily love for you to just do it for yourself. Um, I think that's my biggest pet peeve. Uh, a lot of people think that it's easy to sell a home, so they'll go down the road of for sale by owner. Um, statistically, that is the worst thing you can do. It was at this moment they realized <laughs> they messed up. And right now I mean I haven't heard of a for sale by owner property going over list price and the average house in our market is making 12 to 25% more than what the list price is. So, so just by having that? an agent Why? Marketing. Honestly, it's like and they like just access to more buyers. Access to more buyers when you have an agent on both ends Me being like a buying buyer's agent, I would, I want to take my clients to that home, knowing that the agent representing the seller has been in the industry a long time, worked for the right company. They know their shit. It helps the transaction get done. Last thing I want to do is go into a deal for a, for sale by owner. My, my client loves it. And I'm in the background being like the, I mean, damn it because nothing goes right they ask for more, more, more. And I mean, transaction, smooth transactions is key in this industry. You want your clients to know that they're going to be getting paid within that 30-day window. Or you want to know your client's going to be able to move into that house within that 30-day window. Just because somebody offers more money or it looks good on paper doesn't necessarily mean it's...
0: I always <laughs> oh, got the big dog in the house. Hey,
1: yeah well we'll go back on that (laughs) bunker yeah okay um but yeah it doesn't necessarily mean it's the it's the best it's the best route i mean it's it's really hard to explain but i mean it's not really hard to explain i kind of just explained it well it's
0: like they they don't i'm assuming obviously it's a massive assumption but i'm assuming that they don't know what they don't know And so all they see is the dollar signs, but they don't see all the other interactions and things that go into the process and they don't understand it in a way that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to put it right now is that yes, dollar signs, they can, everybody's on Redfin. Anybody who's looking at homes, the Redfin pops up all day long. I mean, half my clients find houses on Redfin before I can even send it to them because now they got the notifications going online. So they can see a house that they liked sold for a certain price, know what the price range is going for, and then it's sold in four days. They're like, dang, that's easy. But you don't understand, like, what the lead time that took up to getting that house on the market. Right. I mean, the time and energy of getting your client together, putting an entire contract. Sometimes the contracts are 80 pages. I mean, you go through all that with them. Marking material, photographer, stagers. I mean, those are all... Those are all things that can come out of your pocket too, depending on your like contract with your client. Um, You know, dealing with commissions with clients, everybody now wants to save a buck. So like just getting in front of them and telling me how much like our brokerage wants out of the deal. I mean, I work for Windermere. So yes, I mean, we can can have a discussion on how commission works, but essentially like there's like a, a spectrum. I mean, there's like a, a list of being like, if your house is in this price range, this is 10, this tends to be where it should be, uh, the commission base and should come out of. So, you know, that's just a huge conversation. Some people get really weird about that and it's just, it's all part of the game, but you have to understand like there's a 12 to 20 step process of getting a house just put on Redfin. I mean, it's not just a click of a button. Yeah. It's not like Craigslist or offer up where you're like, yeah, hey, here's I this mean 20 bucks he, for best offer. Here's my iPhone photos. <laughs> and I put the list price and a couple of like details about the house yeah. and there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will agree with some people that if I just had all my friends come to me, own property and said, I want to sell, it would take me a certain amount of hours to get that thing up and running. Um, and it'd probably sell in a week and yeah, make some good money, but that's not That's not how it works. I mean, for instance, I had a client who's 75 years old. He came to me like four months ago and we just went pending on his house a week ago, the week prior, he went out of town, down to his house in Palm Springs. And my wife, her sister, myself did an entire estate sale for him, cleaned out his whole house. Hired a dump truck service. Went to the dump myself about ten times. Borrowed a buddy's pickup truck, another guy's trailer. I mean, to save your clients some money too. Yes, we go out of our way to do these things as agents. I mean, we kind of it's like this full package what deal. Per,
0: what percentage of people do that? Go like go above and beyond to that point?
1: Well, I'd say over fifty percent of agents across the country it's not even their first job. I mean, it's not even their primary job. So you're already dwindling out half of them right there. Right. It's Cause they, um, they don't
0: care about those
1: of those people. And I would say the ones that are pretty successful, they either have a team or they have the money to get maybe like, just like
0: resource it out.
1: Yeah. Resource it out. Um, and a lot of times I've seen from people, they'll just say no, like to their client you pay for, it or you go with someone else. And like, maybe their name's big enough that they can do that. But this is is a pretty big name (laughs) (laughs) it needs to, it could get bigger. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, it's tough because this industry is like night. I mean, again, it's a lot of it is percentages, but I'd say majority of my business, if not all of it is word of mouth. Mm. So you want to have your clients smile when it comes to like that sale or sure. even thinking about you as like a person and maybe they'll refer you to somebody else. Cause again, like once that sale's done, I'm going back to like kind of living on the streets in a sense. Right. For sure. Not necessarily like obviously it's not like that, but it's pretty nice street where you're living in here. Yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs>
0: so I have, I have a question. So you said first time home buyers twenty seven, thirty six age range. Yeah, I mean, so what give me like the five things that you think that people in that age range need to have in order in line in order to like, like, if you came up to them, like, hey, we want to buy a house. Give me five things immediately that come to your head. You're like, I need these things from you.
1: I'm not necessarily sure there are five because the biggest one is, have you been pre-approved? Have you spoken to someone who can manage your money? Okay, so pre-approved for what? Break so it down be, for us. So you pretty much talk to a lender. You can talk to a bank, but we like using third party lenders. It's more like family based businesses because um, they're along for the ride the entire way. So say you. We're talking about credit score. Credit score is in there, but yeah, I don't. These are all things that I have to pass off because professionally, like it's not in my field. So what what are,
0: goes in what goes into being pre approved for a home?
1: Credit score. Mm-hmm. Pay stubs. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Two year W two employer um that might be it um okay so pre-approval thank you pre-approval. for that now what then it's a breakdown of neighborhoods price all the filters that i need to know to make sure that i can find the right home for you what if they're like a convict <laughs> is there background checks that goes into this pre-approval or what Actually, you're right. Yeah, probably. Background checks, pre-approval. See, I know my stuff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Appreciate that. (laughs) Man, I don't know exactly, but I would say so. Okay, I'll take, I'll take, you can say with all the confidence in the world that I believe you because I really don't know. So from that point, like, what's like a big red flag to you where you're just like, "Mm, probably not going to work out for you.
1: Yeah. Most of it's personality. If I can't, for me, I'd love to be able to like sit down with that person and have a beer before selling them a house or a cup of coffee. It's a lot it easier. It depends on what that person's personality is. Yeah. If it's coffee or a beer. I mean, <laughs> it's a lot easier to work with someone that you can have a conversation with mm. than strictly business because I have had to fire some people this year. And I say that as they should be the ones firing me when you look at it, but. It goes both ways. Um, you know, working with someone for three to six months and it doesn't lead to anything. And I say that poorly in a sense that maybe they didn't purchase a house, but it just wasn't working. Like the friend base for me is maybe step one. Um, I, I really think like the relationship needs to be built before you start looking further. Um mm. uh, and without that, it, it is tough. I mean, I do, I am working with a couple of people that I've actually never met in person and it's gone fine, but I've seen the opposite happen. And I, I do enjoy, and I think I got into this industry to help friends and family first. And because of that, I've, I mean, I've met so many people because of that word of mouth, word of mouth business. And again, I mean, that's, that's, what's fun about real estate. It's all about building relationships, the people you can meet and we can go down a whole different path with like the Airbnb stuff, but, and that's kind of like my passion, like design and, you know, decorating homes and stuff with my wife now, like we really enjoy that, enjoy the team, but. It, it really, for me, it comes down to the person because I don't want to waste those months of my life moving forward with someone I don't want to be around mm. and to sell them a house or not. Maybe it's just because this, maybe sales is not entirely where I'm going to go for the rest of my life. At least right now, there's multiple avenues in real estate that I would like to pursue further. Um, but Yeah, it really, it comes down to the person. And then after that, I mean, it's, the searching process is fairly easy. Then it's like going to see the houses. I never want to have anyone to purchase a home without walking through it. Photos, I was a photographer once and I know what people can do on a computer. Facts. Um, Dangerous. Yeah, and like, you know, people will send you something and the first thing I'll tell them is if I haven't met them or if it's a referral Um Obviously, the pre-approval letter, I send them to a couple people um, that I trust, and they do their job really well, and then after they get pre-approved, then they come back to me and say, let's get this, you know, get the party started, and then at that point, it's just honing in on exactly what they're looking for. Time is money, and you don't want to start sending people things that doesn't matter to them. And that's how you can lose clients, too. You know, it's like you're not understanding like, the route bro, that we're I literally we're told you yeah. what I wanted. This I is want not that. three beds, not two. Stop sending me a two-bedroom home. <laughs> well, you can't afford it. See, like that's why you get them working with a lender. You need that lender to be on your side saying they can, you know, financially they cannot go above this number. So do not send them anything above this number, especially now. I mean, now... Sometimes it's a hundred thousand under that number because it might get to that at the end Mm. where before, when I first got in the business two years ago, you kind of, you could push the window a little bit. I mean, there is a little bit of leeway there where you had an opportunity to get something under value or under like list price right now. It just doesn't really exist anymore. Mm. Interesting. Well, we're going to get in a little bit of you, Max
0: McKinley. Great. So, what of all your life experiences? Because you're a very cultured man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: What uh, of all the things you've you've learned, and it's it's obviously changed you and affected you? As we all kind of all have life experiences, like really goods, really bads, really pretties, really uglies. What do you think up to this point? are your principles that you live by and <clears throat> like I was thinking that I'll try to explain it a little bit easier so say if you were speaking at like your own funeral and you got up to give a speech and you're like Max McKinley he was a blank and he lived by blank and I learned blank yeah from yeah him. what are those things uh
1: honestly just be I mean first and foremost I think being a, a good person. I want people to only have positive things to say about me. Um, I think I used to enjoy being somewhat of like a clown in a in a good way. Like I like to make people laugh. And I don't even really call myself funny, but I think it's just being outspoken. Um, I want to be remembered as, again, like a family person. My, uh, I'm, I'm going to push back on these things a little bit. Okay.
0: So there's this phrase you're using at the beginning of all of these, and that's that you want to be. Yeah. But are you that person?
1: Yeah, I am. That's bad. I, I want to. So I want to keep being. So, so we're
0: gonna. <laughs> so we're gonna change that mentality. Okay. So you are funny. You are a family man. Yeah. Right. You do. Ca- you do take care of people. Because I think it's it's that, like. You just see it from everybody. Like, everybody I think deals with that kind of mindset is that everything that you want is slightly out of reach. Mm -hmm. Right. But you never, you're never going to have the impact that you have the ability to have if you don't walk into every situation knowing that you have it. Like, hope is not a strategy. Right. So, like, say, I'll put it in real estate terms. So, this people come in, they don't have enough money. They're like, man, I hope it works out. It's like, well, either you get approved or you don't like it, there's, there's no hope involved. Right. So when you walk in and there's a different level of courage and confidence when you walk in knowing that you're pre-approved than being like, I hope something works out, you know? And so I think that's, I've been like, personally, I think that's something that I've, I've really learned and try to help people think about is that it's not just something that you want to be like, you really are that person. You know, that's the reason why we're sitting here now because you are that person, you know, so continue on. Tell me who you
1: are. I am That's so much better. See
0: how much more confident that sounds. That's, just, that's so much
1: better. Max <laughs> um, Max McKinley is he's a good person. He's a family man. My uh, I think a lot of this changed when my wife went through cancer. Two and a half years ago now. Bone cancer. And you. I had to provide. And be. Like a second life support for her. And you don't necessarily. It wasn't a. A, an, a, a choice for me. It was like this is what I will do. And what I'm going to do. Um, and I think going through something like that. Definitely changes you of Mm. course, changes you as a person, but you look at life differently. So, so true. Um, man, it's just, what did that teach you? Life is short. I mean, I mean, I always knew that she was, I mean, the strongest person I know and that she was going to get through it. And obviously that year was going to suck and did suck, but don't, it's hard to take things for granted now or don't take things for granted because it's wild to see someone you care about your age go through something like that. I mean, I think we've all probably had grandparents or people of that age go through something cancer wise. It's a crazy word, but it it happens to a lot of people. But for someone that close to you that you're, anticipating spending the rest of your life with feels wrong it was crazy it was crazy um but i think that pushed me to be a better man in a sense of just not being so selfish with the life ahead of me but pushing that on to like doing this for somebody else um and again I was I was raised that way but there were years where all you do is care about the one in the mirror and I do think I am big into caring about yourself primarily because being as good as you can be will help the other people around you Totally But at least that time in my life you know helped me realize okay it's time to time to peck her up now. <laughs>
0: it makes you grow real fast.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, a lot of nights in the hospital. A lot of pull out. There was a there's a chair in the corner that pulls out to a bed, and that was my spot for like three months. <laughs> my dog slept right next to me. Slept on the bed with her sometimes, but yeah, Opie and I. That's the, the dog that the you ride met. or die. Yeah. If we were ride or die, we got to we knew a lot of people in that in that <laughs> hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah, so that was again it's actually not a time that I I wouldn't take it any other way. I'm it's horrible to say, but I'm like almost glad it happened to us because it really it changed things. I mean, it changed me as a person. I think you can go through that, you can go through anything. Yes, I think if, you know, I say that now, but anybody who has gone through it and the outcome was reversed, you'd be saying something differently. So I don't want to say that for everybody, but for sure. me personally, learned a lot from it and she's as health healthy as as all right now. So it's amazing. Blessing.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny that you're you mentioned that. I just had a, a friend uh shout out to my boy Jordan Barnes. Uh but we had a, and it, I talked about this like literally two days ago about um, just our spouses going through crazy health things, and um, you know obviously the tensions on the person going through the issues, but you never really think about the flip side, you know, the like what the caregivers go through, you know, and and the process on the opposite side, you know, because it really does teach you how to be unselfish, but you know, there really does have to be a, a strength in it to know, like it really does take a toll on the caregiver as well.
1: You know? Oh, 100%. And I think some of the advice that I got prior to all of that happening, I mean, when we found out there was at least like a two or three month window before like chemo or before like she started staying in, in the hospital, and this was after surgery, post surgery chemo. Um, but there was a lot of a lot of times prior that we're getting ready for the upcoming year of all this. After finding out that people who had gone through this, or f- you know, family friends and a, a really good family friend that's worked at UW Med for sixty years, let me know that get yourself right through all this because the hardest part is not going to be taking care of her. It's taking care of yourself mm. because you're, you're along for the ride and what your year holds is you're going to take care of her no matter what. And like, that was not a job. It didn't feel any different because it was what I was supposed to do for sure. But making sure that I was okay. Cause there's no one there to hold your hand. Right? Like, I mean, everybody else is still f- they're caring about hurt. Yes. You don't necessarily have all the people caring about you. So not that you want that, but you have to do that to yourself. Make sure that you are okay because you're, you got to be there for someone else. And if you're, if you're wrong, it doesn't go well from there for nobody.
0: No. You know, I think that's the, you know, for for me, the struggle is like, I'm such a, some solution minded person Mm -hmm. that like, health issues are just so tough because there's nothing, there's nothing you can do, you know, there's no like money that you can like, I'll just get a second job. You know, it's like, no, that doesn't, money doesn't fix it. You know, time doesn't fix it. You know, you are, there's nothing that you can just physically snap your fingers and make things change. And, and that's tough for people who are like go getters and fixers. Yeah. And, and so I think it really does, teach you a, a completely different level of patience, you know, and it requires you to really have like a, a vision for not only yourself, but for, you know, your significant other of, you know, something that is down the line um, for them, you know, and, and it's difficult, especially if that if that medical – issue you know is having an effect on their physical body right so whether Mm -hmm. it's like their skin or their hair or you know all these things that come into place and when that person say if it's like you know obviously we're both males if it's like on the female side for them to still feel like beautiful you know even when they don't feel it you know it's and just like the persist i think it's just the persistency that it teaches you um but i think you really do learn and it's a reminder to the significant other of, like, how special it is that they, like, to have you in their life. You know? Yeah. And it gives, it's kind of like an opportunity. I, at least this is how I, I look at it. It's an opportunity for you to show up and, like, remind your spouse, like, who the F you are. It's like, nah, you married me because I'm, like, I'm this, you know? And I'm going to make you feel like the luckiest one on the planet because... You know, although you might get salty at me for this, this and this, like when you really stop and think about how much, you know, is sacrificed or how much you go above and beyond or or the things that we put aside of ourself in order to take care of you, you know, it's it's an honor on our end, you know,
1: 100 percent.
0: And obviously in the moment, those things don't always get recognized, you know, and that's the thing that takes so much humility and I think you learn a lot of humility in the way of like, you know, obviously there's things get tense, and you know, if if things don't go awry and people don't like really take a second to think about what they're saying, you know, it's it's easy to go the route of like you don't even appreciate all the stuff I do for you. Go beyond beyond. And it's like, oh, oh so you're gonna shame me for, you know, something I can't control. You know it just goes down an ugly route, you know. And I think it really does. Like, it's when like rubber hits the road, you know, and when like obviously most people at their weddings, like, you know, till death do its part and through sickness and in health, you know, until you hit the sickness part of your relationship and you're like, damn, like this is what love really means, you know, showing up for somebody day in, day out, from the moment I wake up to the thing I go to sleep. And, Like, literally, I will do whatever it takes to not only, like, provide, but, like, I don't know, I one thing that I hate, I hate the scrape by feeling, you know, or just people who, like, live their life in a scrape by way, like, I want to live in, like, an abundant life, you know, where, like you said, like, you want to work so, like, so that your wife doesn't have to, but she can work if she wants to, you know, and that, the amount of options that that provides, um, and it's and it's just tough. So when when you go through things like that, obviously, like cancer is a whole different level. I I can only imagine. Um, so what were like, what were c- some things that you guys kind of had to like hold on to and like mentally take yourself somewhere, um, mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, in order to like get through? Were there like certain things that you guys? like talk about or read
1: or work on or honestly a lot of that there wasn't much of that Mm. she just had such a positive outlook on it and she tried to make it all conversational sometimes funny i mean you know when she first shaved her head instead of us like crying and you know doing the the whole sobbing thing she made it she made it entertaining there was friends over there it was almost like a party so I think it helped her through it, but it tremendously helped me. I mean, having her have such a positive outlook on it was why it was probably so easy for me. There weren't many days where it was just broken down, mm. tons of crying. So I mean, she's just a savage. Is what you're saying? She was she was pretty savage through it. Yeah, dang, that's it was, crazy. I mean, yeah. Okay. There, there were bad days, but as a whole, I I can't imagine it being much better than that with the person who was going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. She just, it was a grind, but like a, a, a good one for her. And, uh, I think she, it was nice having the people around her. Her family were, was here all the time and, I would say every night in the hospital, she at least had somebody there spending the night. Never felt like she was going through it alone. Um, But again, like that's not, that's because of that just shows the type of person she is. Like nobody there wanted her to be by herself. People wanted to be there. Um, They wanted to be around her. We had tons of friends show up and parties in the hospital room and, it, you know, yeah, that's ma- you made it as like enjoyable as possible given the circumstance.
0: Right. No, I think that's that's I mean, obviously that's the power of like having good relationships, you know, and not I would say not everybody has that and you know, they um I don't know, I was thinking of like a, a a Drake lyric that's like it's funny how you have to wait till it's dark out to he see who's really with you, you know, and that, that really is the case in life. You know, it's like sometimes yep. it's even the people you don't expect that just like show up and the rider dies. And, um, there's a, a really cool story. Uh, do you know who Jesse Isler is? I do not. Uh, you should look him up cause he's, he's pretty dope, but, um, he has a really cool story. He was a rapper and then he's part owner of the, uh, um, Atlanta Hawks, and he's like an ultra marathoner, and just has like a his thing called "Build Your Life" resume, where it's okay. like, yeah, just go out and freaking do things. And, um, but anyways, he was good friends with, uh, a rapper. I want to say, what group was it? It's like a rap group from the nineties, but he's really popular. I'm forgetting it now, but he said he lost uh, a really close family member, and. It was like midnight and he heard this knock on the door and he like went downstairs and opened it up and it was this rapper. He's like, the hell? It's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, when something like that happens, you don't call, you show up. And that like gave me chills, like really changed, honestly like changed my life when I heard that because just thinking about like stuff in your life, you know, how many people just like, hey, how you doing? You doing good? Okay, all right, we'll talk totally. to you soon. And then there's people who like freaking show up for you. Like, Hey, what do you need? You know, like what's your family need? What's your girl need? You know? And like personally, that's who I want to be. You know, that when, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's like out of sight, out of mind, like I show up when it matters the most. And, and that's like, that's the difficult part because in order to be that it, being that person doesn't make sense to so many people. Because you're like, you're just wasting your time. Like, th- would they do that for you? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Because, like, literally, my tattoo says, regardless of reciprocation. Because, like, I'm doing it because it's who I am. Yeah. Not because of what I'm getting in return. Not because, like, you're like, oh, my God, you're such a good person. No, because, like, that's who I decided to be. I show up. And and so that that kind of mentality is is so powerful because it actually requires something of you. You know, you're making a decision consistently that people are worth your time and like your best time, not like your leftover time, not like the time that you can come up with at the end of your day. Like you're worth like the middle cut of my steak, yeah. period, you know, and, and really the when you go through hard times, especially with the people you love most, like you figure out what the middle of your steak is, you know, like, damn, I didn't even know I was capable of that. You know, like I've been up for a long time. And it's like, oh, that's what you need. Freaking, I'll put my shoes on. I'll go to the store. Like, what else do you need? Yep. I got you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like honestly why we kinda why we started off the leash is just trying to figure out and be around other people who have that desire. And and none of us show up that way all the time. Nobody.
1: It's impossible.
0: Yes, but it's like. The consistent effort, you know, to learn how to show up, you know, like some people are like there all the time, like, you know, it's like the white, it's like the little white monkey meme, you know, where he's like standing there, his arms like to the side, and he's like, what's up guys, I'm here, yeah. <laughs> you know, but people who know, I think that's one of the things when you go through something tough with somebody, whether it's lost, like somebody died, or they just heard some bad news is, do they need you to say something? Do they need you to just be there in like their proximity? you know do they need you to go like prepare a way do they need you to make a call for them like what do they actually need mm-hmm. and that's what actually you know nobody just wakes up one day and is like the perfect friend but it's through all of the trying that you figure out how to be a good friend and you know you become more dynamic the more you try to do that for people and i think that's i think that's special because those hard times in your life, you know, that you might've had with that, with your wife, those things transfer over like the quote, uh, wherever you go, there you are again, like wherever you go, you're still Max McKinley, you know? And so people try to like characterize different parts of their life, but that principle of who you are actually transfers over to the people you serve in real estate and like your family and the way that you treat strangers. And I think that's what makes like you special is because, you just have that about you, you know, like you're funny because you're relational. You make people feel welcome, like they belong. And really that's what every shout out to Brene Brown. Like that's everyone's desire in the plan is to belong, to be seen, to be valued, to be seen, to be understood. And like from, from my experiences with you, like that's who you are. You make people feel seen. You look them in their eyes, like you smile at them, you laugh at their jokes, like you make them feel safe. And in that way, like you're, you're empowering. And that's, I mean, that's why we're sitting here. That's why I love podcasting. Because if it wasn't this, our conversation would have been on Instagram and being like, Hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm doing real estate and I'm doing this and I got a dog and, you know, (laughs) like, man, that sounds really cool. All right. We'll talk you in another 12 years, you know, but it's like, I just value people who, um, i said on this podcast so many times, my favorite quote is the man in the arena quote uh, by Theodore Roosevelt. It's like, it's not the critic who counts. It's the man who's in the arena, who's been scarred, bloodied, you know, who, who really does try for the worthy deed. Um, and so I have a, a very high value for people who are constantly, like, in the arena. Yeah. Um, those are the people I trust. And the people I'm more... Open to taking criticism from, <laughs> you know. It's like there's always backsy quarterbacks. You're like, like it's so hard not to, to be like. But what are you doing with your
1: life though? Yeah. Like, there's a respect factor
0: for sure. Um, and I and I honestly I I really do have uh respect you and and how you do what you do and obviously when you see people on social media. You know, you see little glimpses of their life, and you're like, "Oh, I know them." You know, I know what they've been doing. And yeah. even people even bring up their name. They're like, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure he's doing this, this, and that." And like you talk to him, he's like, "Nah, just follow him on Instagram." Yeah, but it's like that's a lost that's a lost art. Um, is like still having relationships where you physically with people, and because that's something that really can never be replaced.
1: No, I mean, there's like a, th- a new thing that I'm adopting. In my business, and I've learned this from a couple people over the last few months. It's it's wild how it came up more than once, but thank you cards, handwritten thank you cards. Um, it's one thing to send a text or respond to someone on Instagram, like you said, but writing a handwritten thank you card doesn't have to be just business related. It's not always a previous client sometimes it's just a friend or for me it's over the summer it's like i i played golf with a different group of guys every wednesday and if i had just met them for the first time or if i had met them or known them for 10 years i wrote every one of them a thank you card just for like spending four hours with me see that's what i'm talking about max (laughs) that's a separator but it's wild how easy it yes. is, and the little things go so far. so far. I mean, the amount of people who texted me, or even I saw them at the golf club again, was like, I'll be honest with you, you're probably the first person in five, 10, however many years wrote me a, a thank you card that wasn't my birthday, wasn't Christmas. Straight up. And they're like, Yeah, you know, I'll remember that forever. And for me, like, doing that. F- to get them as potential clients down the road. No, I mean, I just want them to know who I am and I do like, I enjoy being around everybody. It's, it's weird because I want to make an impact and I feel like I am making impact to a lot of people's lives now. But again, I that changed due to those situations that I've been through. For sure. Um, and I think over the years and going through something like that, I don't need a hundred good friends. You know, I could take five to 10 great friends.
0: Like they said, that it's better to have a hundred people that love you than a thousand people that
1: like you. A hundred percent. And I'm like, I have started to adopt that so much. I I never want to lose a friend or make a relationship go south due to anything of my doing or bad blood, but I don't necessarily have room in my life to push out a hundred friends or make a hundred people that, you know, it's hard to explain, but I I like having a core group as tight as possible. For sure. Um, and I think I've slowly adopted that. And that was probably after the last couple of years of my life. I mean, when I met my wife in New York and, uh, you know, up to those years, college and moved to New York, I mean, you're, you're friends with everybody yes, (laughs) and you, you have all those groups and you're hanging out with them consistently now. I mean, I consistently hang out with a handful of people and I think I enjoy my life now more than I ever have for sure. But that's just like growing up, I think.
0: Well, totally. And that it's the one, it's like you can have a lot of people, but not everybody has the same access yeah. to you. And two, like it's better to be around a bunch of people that truly know you, you know, where it's like there's nothing worse than people who have to walk around with like the resume in their hand all the time you know? Yeah. And also like the thing with the, the thank you cards is it's like, like you said, it's where you want them to know who you are, but it's like, you also want them to know what you're about. Yeah. And, and that goes really far. My, I grew my dad worked at Nordstrom for like my whole childhood, probably like 15 years. I worked there in two. Really? Women's shoes. That's what he worked <laughs> in women's shoes. So he was like top three in the country in sales, like his whole,
1: what store business,
0: was yet? Uh, Alderwood. Nice. Majority. Um, but I mean he he literally would win every single like contest there was. It's a shoe I mean, dog. Shoe dog, bro. Uh but he was like the father to a bunch of young cats in there. I mean, I probably had never less nothing less than like eighty shoes growing up, like and My wife always makes fun of me now. She's like, You have way more shoes and clothes than I have. I was like, Well, I grew up with my dad wearing Nordstrom where I had like my hand pick and like whatever I wanted. Totally. You know? Everything. So it's, <laughs> it's just like, it's ingrained in me. It's, it's like, Well, you don't even wear that. I'm like, But I could at yeah. some point. Yeah. So it's staying. Um, but I I learned so much from him. Like when I went in there, and my dad was like such a legend that I walk in, he'd be like, Oh, how can I help you, little buddy? And I'm like, Oh, I'm here to see my dad. Or I go, Who's your dad? It's like, Jim Waller. And they're like, You're Jim Waller's son? He's like, Sit here, I'll get you a glass of water. Like, Hold on, I'm to go get it. <laughs> But it, it was the way he, like, carried himself. and ev- Same thing with the thank you cards. Twice a year, he would write a handwritten card to every single person who bought shoes from him every yeah, year. See? So they come in, they'd be like, hey, can I get you some? Uh, no, I just want gym. So they walk to the store, I want like, those, 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 those. Throw it in the bag. And how many minutes out of your
1: day does it take you to do that?
0: Not a lot. Not but a it's, lot. But it's like, because I've honestly thought a lot about, like, what about yeah. things like that make the difference and I think it like one of the simple things I can break it down to is that person thought about me one when I didn't think about them and two when they didn't have to think about me you know when people show up for you or you know they show up with a random gift card and they're like man I just want to thank you you know it's like you were thinking about me when I wasn't even around you know when I wasn't even in the context we weren't even going to think about getting together and you thought about me that's and that's because that's a reflection of of who you are, that you think about things other than what's directly in front of you. And two, like you truly are out to make an impact. Like part of that is you thinking through, you know, action starts with an idea An idea turns into an emotion and an emotion turns into action. So you thought about your client, you're like, huh, what would make a difference in their life or, or just a person, you know, so what would make a difference? Well, I'm like super appreciative. So freaking like I could see them, Smiling at me when I hand them the card or sending me a text. I'm like, man, that would really change their life. So like let me take these five dollars in my five minutes and like you said leave an impact that would literally change someone's life forever Yeah, and but the thing is like that doesn't make sense to a lot of people You know because they're so wrapped up in what that person do it for you And it's like you're you're missing the entire <laughs> point of this conversation totally, you know, and I think that's um I think that's so key, but I have some uh, some questions I'm gonna run by you. So this is like a quick fire answer questions for you. Great. The Five fingers of Death, if you will. I've heard of these. Uh, Max is gonna freestyle for us here in a little bit. He's a rapper and uh, there's no chance. <laughs> I just I'm that. walking out now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I will drop this mic right now. Uh, all right, your first question is is it it's a film of blank? Is it just me
1: or blank? Is it just me or is life pretty weird right now? (laughs) I mean, we didn't even talk about that conversation, but that is. I think it gets talked about quite enough. Yeah. I mean, that's really. What's the the weirdest thing about
0: life right now? That we're going to like look back on and be like, what the F? Is it just me or are these lights flickering right They're now? flickering, yeah. I'm like, am I tripping? Am I blinking no, too flickering. much?
1: Like, Usually if the oven goes on, <laughs> the lights will flicker, <laughs> but no one's cooking right now.
0: Then you got that smart oven. You know, It's tuned into the whole house.
1: The smart oven from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> man, I think it's all just become so normal now. that Which is even crazy. Everybody is so used to waking up And going to their desk in their pajamas and you know making lunch at home getting done with work and going straight and taking a nap i mean everybody i know is pretty much still to this day 18 months later 20 months later still working in their underwear at their desk
0: (laughs) it's so crazy
1: i mean it's a man respect to you coming all the way out here (laughs) sitting me down at a table <laughs> and actually doing this. Cause we could have done this from the computer. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, it would have been a different experience. Totally. But nowadays that's like what would be pushed even yes. in my business. It's like, I told you from the start, I really enjoy and try to push on anybody that I haven't met before to sit down and let's have a coffee. Let's have a beer, whatever you want, whatever you know, you prefer. i don't really want to introduce myself on a zoom call. I mean, I think we're past that point. I'll wear a mask if I have to. Um, but I think everybody deep down inside obviously wants this time to be over. And I, you know, I would love to get back to my wife going to the office, <laughs> not seeing, uh, not seeing ourselves together 24 7 and i say that in the most loving way possible i feel
0: you 100
1: but it's impossible to say that without sounding real. but at the same time we're it's still together <laughs> it's crazy because we went we went from cancer to directly into covid i mean the last four years have been just an absolute world you know, sounds
0: really good after coming out of
1: the hospital being in your house straight for two years <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for her <laughs> It our bed's a lot better than those, uh, than those hospital I beds. I sure but hope so. No, it's been, and it's just, it's wild. I th- it's it'll get better, but I'm not sure it's necessarily taking the appropriate <laughs> turn at the moment.
0: <laughs> not as ideal. Uh, failure is what.
1: And failure is winning, in my opinion. I feel like you have to fail to win. Um, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. And I'll tell you right now, you get very, very lucky if somehow you're winning right off the bat. So it's almost dangerous. Yeah. Like I, right now, I mean, this for me, this is definitely like going out of my comfort zone because I've never done this before, but at the same time, like
0: winning off the bat, but
1: now that I've done it, I'm like, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just failures. Failure is fun, but in a scary way. Totally.
0: Um, if you really knew me, you would know that I,
1: Oh, I mean, I bet you hear this one all the time, but I, I hate spiders. Really? Hate them. Like trip. if You see one? Like I probably have to kill it. So Between, you're like, like okay, the wife you're like, and
0: okay. I? You're like, okay enough to get like, to kill it. You're yeah. But like, like, I'll nah, definitely, like, babe, you, you take care of that thing.
1: I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get rid of them, <laughs> but like, it's not fun.
0: I really don't like them like pretty bad. Actually. <laughs> my wife is like, like she'll wake up in the middle of the night and think she sees a spider and she'll be like jumping out the bed, throwing the sheets out and be like, beep babe, babe. babe. And I, she has both. She has my heart beating so fast. I think somebody broke into the house. Like, and she's like, I think there's a spider right there. I'm like, this is, this is what we doing. I'm not sure that would be me, but the best part is, I don't, know if, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, uh, I had, crazy eye injury so i went legally blind for like five years uh did not know so so now it's like little things like that i can't see so like ignorance is bliss but she's like it's right there i'm like oh, i can't see it i'm good <laughs> she's like i need you to kill it i was like all right, well, get the flashlight out." <laughs> yeah. but i'm like okay because even things that are like it'd be like right next to me i'm like uh, oh, can't see it so it's not there in
1: my in my eyes do you believe that we eat eight, we eat eight spiders per sure, year? for sure yeah, I totally believe that Cause everybody I know sleeps with their mouth open it's
0: wide open, bro. I'm one of them I'm I was on a choir tour in high school. I had a picture of me sleeping And like in the tour bus and my mouth's wide open. They were sticking freaking gummy bears in my mouth seeing how I'm like, I'm like, bro, are you trying to kill a dog I'm gonna wake up and die by a gummy bear. I was like, that's how I would go though
1: that that would be a pretty piss poor way to go
0: <laughs> I mean that would that it would make sense if they're at jeremy waller's funeral and he died by gummy bears i mean i'm i'm okay to go that way uh next question is why can't people
1: just be blank man why can't people just do i have to say be no why can't people just care more about their own damn business (laughs) i think uh i think again it goes back to everything that's going on now but People are looking to point fingers at somebody else instead of worrying about who's in the mirror. Life would be a little bit better. I think if we stopped caring about others and maybe focused in on our own, just a just give me a little bit, like (laughs) 2% would be great. Yes. Because it's at like a negative right now. Yeah. We'll take anything. And that's, uh, that's not me pointing fingers at certain individuals. It's everybody, but yeah, it's, uh, it's rough because we're not coming together by any means. It's going the opposite way. Unfortunately.
0: Uh, we have a, a little segment on the show called a rant and a rave. So rant is something that's just like really been grinding your gears lately. And the rave is like something that you're like addicted to right now. So what are you ranting about today?
1: Oh, I hate that traffic's back. <laughs> Bruh, I would. But at the same time, it kind of goes against what I just said because traffic coming back means life's going yes. back to normal. But yes. it doesn't feel like life's going back to normal, but we're somehow got traffic again. Like, don't you guys have a Zoom
0: call to be on right now? Like, like
1: I said before this, we were I had to go to for, I had to go to uh, West Seattle and I've had to go last couple times or last couple days. Then the hour ride each way is it's almost worse now because everybody's like their own entrepreneur
0: and like has these crazy busy schedules. So it's not just like 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's like starts at like 1 because nobody's working. They're just done, and everybody's driving
1: who knows where. Exactly. We were we went down today and left the house at like 12.30, but we got to downtown at 1, and it was log jam downtown Seattle at 1 o'clock. Why? It's Monday. Yes. Is everybody, they put, they got out of their pajamas, <laughs> they put on some swim, they got places to go, sweatpants, lunch, I mean, it's lunchtime. I don't know, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all right though. That's why I moved to the North then.
0: <laughs> yes. Your next question is your quality of life is in direct correlation with what, what determines your quality of life?
1: Man, Happiness. I don't know. That's that's a hard one. I feel like it can go so many ways, but I, I really now do my best and not take life for granted. I, I, I try to wake up every day and actually enjoy it because it is wild to think that we're 30 now. And, uh, I was talking to someone who is, you know, I would say they're very successful and they're double my age. And it's like, I want to be you when I'm 60 or at least have the excitement that you have that life is still young and short, but I want to feel that way now too. Mm. So I don't know. I think just putting a smile on your face and making sure that people around you are having a good time.
0: I love it. Who is your dream collab? Like if you could do a project with
1: anybody, Oh man! you want to sell a house with Grant Cardone or something? <laughs> <laughs> no i th- I mean that'd be cool but i don't know grant's up and down for me um man, we, we were talking about joe rogan that'd be pretty sweet that would be pretty sweet i uh man i fooled joe rogan he is he's real that's what i like about him he's yes. real he, he has his opinion but it's his his perspective he's
0: about that life yeah uh if you could spend a day in anyone's mind who would you choose
1: Might have to go back to the same guy. I mean, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I think someone like that who could pretty much reach out to any face on this earth and have a conversation with them would be pretty awesome. Hmm. I think also someone maybe like Bezos who can just decide because of how much money I have, I can fly to space. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. There's levels. M- Money's not necessarily all happiness, but you can do whatever you want with it. Options. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoy who I am, to be honest, but it'd be hard to trade places with somebody because I don't necessarily go on what, or what goes on behind the scenes, but from what we see, someone like that, where you could just pick up the phone and have anybody on the other end, needless to say, who that person is would be pretty sweet. That is true.
0: Uh, the last question. The is, hardest one. Yes. What are you better at than anyone you know?
1: Oh. I make a damn good homemade crunch wrap supreme. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to need to come back for round two for one of these. Yeah. I am I think I'm the only person who's ever made one that I know besides Taco Bell. <laughs> so, so, so that puts you in a league of So that own. puts me in a league of my own. But, uh. Yeah, I would say that's that's something. I I love golf. There are no a ton of people better than me at golf, but I think the love for the game I'm pretty high up on. Mm. You watch a lot of golf. I do. Who do you like? I love all the young guns. I'm a I'm a big Rory fan. I've started to love Tiger more. Um, it was funny. Tiger situation was weird. Like all the friends and everybody loved Tiger growing up, but I think f- for me, like. Growing up, golf was more about the gentleman side of the game and, like, making sure your etiquette and everything was right. Mm. And I'd never thought, like, Tiger necessarily had that, throwing clubs, swearing. <laughs> I'm, like, 10. I'm, like, Mom, what's he saying? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I li- I respect him now, and obviously he's he's the GOAT. But um, I love Rory. I love a lot of the guys that are on the Ryder Cup team. They're just fun to watch. It's crazy to think there's dudes out there that are 24, Absolutely murdering the game, and to think that I even tried to walk onto a <laughs> Pac-12 program is crazy compared to like what these guys are doing. So, it and it's fun to see golf transform, and like a lot of that is due to Tiger Woods. A lot of it's due to the guys that are on the PJ now, just being fun, young, different attitude, mm. mindset. Um, and I think it's I love the game because it, you know. It tr- it keeps you in that mentality of just making sure that you're as good as you can be. Mm. That's that's what I like about it. I think there's a l- it's a little bit more than the athleticism. A lot of 90% of the game in, is in between the years. So bring that back home to you.
0: No, that's very true. All right, the last thing that we need from you. The second last thing? <laughs> no, that was the last question. Okay. This is a statement.
1: Oh, shoot. So... <clears throat>
0: You got the world in front of you and someone hands you the mic and whatever you say right now, everyone hears and everyone puts into their brain and puts into action. What are you saying? Do you have the ears of everyone? What would you say? (laughs) What would you say? Okay, here's cuz here's the thing. That's so right? hard. Here's the thing. This is this is why it kind of drives me bonkers, right? When wh- cuz I don't talk politics a lot. Yeah. I really don't. I, I really don't see the point in it. Um but when you when people like it's kind of like people who do remixes, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, the remix is so much better." I'm like, "Well, yeah, because you just took something that was great you and all you had to do was add a flavor, yeah. right?" It's easy to like take a muffin and put some blueberries in it and be like, "Man, that. Muffin's so much better with blueberries. Well, yeah, but that wasn't the original. Anyways, like, when you're talking about, like, really powerful people or people of influence, like, well, you should have said that. It's like, all right, well, somebody walked up to you and shoved a mic in your face. What would your answer be? You know, like, everything that the problem with, oh, we had this conversation off of the mic, but it's like oversimplification drives me nuts because things are so much more difficult than we lay them out to be you know it's like why didn't they just say that why didn't they just do this and it's like see even he chiming (laughs) in right now he got something to say uh it's it's so much easier when you don't have to deal with the repercussions right so that's the thing is when you whether you're talking about like politics with foreign countries or you know Border crisis or COVID or, or even all these things. sports. Yes, like yeah, even sports.
1: Someone's you know come down to the wire. Why why didn't he take that shot? Why did he pass it? Yeah, why did they pass? Why didn't they you run know? the ball? Why, why didn't they? Why didn't LeBron take the last shot? You know he'll never be the GOAT, dude. <laughs> That's drives,
0: it, even like
1: so much easier. It'd be so much easier if you did it right. Well, <sighs> What's the answer? So now yeah, I get it. You you asked me and I don't know.
0: Last time I was I watching the football game, it was like last second in in our camera angle he just bop, you know pushes it to the outside easy touchdown but no he runs right into the line and like it just hurts my brain sometimes but then i'm like okay he's the professional athlete okay so if he was smarter to go outside he would go outside you know but obviously he's something he sees something that i don't see and i'm not a professional athlete i didn't play d1 football i wasn't like a state champion like but like,
1: we somehow are better coaches than them.
0: Yes. And <laughs> and that's the thing that oh, it just irks me. And so this that question that I asked you, does anyone when, ever answer that? Uh some people do. Um because some people just have things ready to go, right? They have like their coined phrases and answers that they'll throw on anything. But I always say like your response is the right answer because it takes so much ignorance to believe that you have things figured out. Yeah when that's and that's like the thing is like you can only control what you can control, you know, and your whether it's your health or your sphere of influence or your family or your job. And you know, obviously this takes kind of a different turn, but um there's there was a very popular motivational speaker and um he's a black guy and when kind of going back to like Black Lives Matter and everything, all these fans were came up and they're like you know, you should be using your platform for this, this, and this, and you should be saying this, this, and that. And I was actually pretty taken back in a positive way because he like stood up and he put out this massive post and he was like, he's like, that's what I should be saying. He's like, let me tell you what I've been doing. You know, you guys don't see it, but my work, I've created this. I've sent thousands of kids to college paid for their tuition. I've gotten them into the job force. I've pulled people off the streets and I've given them jobs. I've done this. And he starts laying all these things. And he's like, I've done with my sphere of influence, everything that I've been capable to do for me to just put out blanket words because that's what people want to hear. That doesn't equal action. Yeah. Equal action. Super easy.
1: Just to say something on Twitter or uh, with your thumbs.
0: Exactly. And so that was like during the last two years of just like, the political climate when people are like you know well, all you gotta do is that and I'm like alright so if I shove the mic in your face right now and I said what's the answer in the Middle East what would you say you know and they're like well well oh uh, well uh. yeah now imagine the whole country's watching and there's 10 news stations ready to freaking blast every word and take everything you say out of context everything while they're talking about what you're wearing and how ugly you are right and so it's the thing is, like, you've we've taken like empathy out of, and there's a certain dehumanization that happens, um, and that obviously that's a whole other podcast, but uh, there's a book you might really like. Uh, it's called it's by Chris Voss, and it's called Never Split the Difference. Read it, dude. Straight cash. Um, but I actually read that. I remember I read that in Florida when the first Black Mirror season came out. Did you ever watch Black
1: Mirror? Oh. Oh, the only good ones were like the first two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: So there's there if, if you guys ever watch that, uh, you're listening, the one with the soldier, right? Where they were going like killing these aliens and then it turns out to be, you know, the they're like people. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading this the same time I'm reading Chris Voss's book about like dehumanization. And the power of like rehumanizing people is like actually putting yourself in their shoes, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing yourself in someone else. And so a big part of the problems that we have is that we've actually taken the human aspect of people away. They're no longer humans. They're just either they're a topic and either they're for you or against Against you. Against you. And... And if they're against you, then obviously they have no value and obviously you're sheep and obviously you're ignorant and you don't know anything and I shouldn't even hear anything you have to say. I don't even want to be around you. You're disgusting, you know? And it, like, it sounds extreme, but that's literally how people treat each other, you know? it's And it's crazy. And so the, I love things like, um, I don't know if you ever followed the page Humans of New York. Yeah. Um, But they basically go down, they go around the street. It actually really inspired me to like do my own podcast of this form. But they went around all these people in the street, in New York, just random people, and they'd be like, "Hey, you got a minute to like talk?" And they'd sit them down on the park bench, and they just like hand them a mic. And these people, it's like homeless people, people who just like on the street, CEOs, like all these people, and they start sharing their stories. And you're like, "Whoa!" Like, I mean, even like the most scrubby looking like dude and he just has the craziest life story and like all of these things that he's sharing and, and you're just like every, like it, it really just shook me up in the way of like everybody has value. Like everybody yeah. has a story to tell and like everyone has crazy lessons that they've learned that other people need to hear. Um, And we just taken, we've taken empathy out of, out
1: of the equation. But it's funny because the first part of, an excellent night out with whoever you meet can go perfectly can go as well as possible. You might've met your new best friend or you, you know, that all changes once opinions come out of a topic that that person doesn't agree with. Yes. And instead of going back to man, this person was awesome. I just had two hours, two excellent hours together Whatever it might be. We we talked about everything but that. And then that one flip of the switch is like... We're like not bred now to look back on the good. It's only to seek out like the bad. Why? When did that happen and why? I don't know. Because do you remember like... Was it like that growing up? And I, I guess we were kids. You don't think necessarily think it like that,
0: but... So the... um. Literally on the last podcast, we we talked about this idea of PYP, which stands for protect your perception, right? So how much of your life do you spend protecting what you think people perceive of you? And the freedom comes when you're like, F all that, like I'm gonna be me, you know? And so either you love me or you hate me, but like you're gonna get me, you know? And usually the people that, you become very close with, live that way with you, you know, it's like, whether it's like your best friend, uh, obviously I'm, this is just a generality. I'm not saying like your specific best friend, but like, if he has terrible style, you know, it's like, you don't stop hanging out with him because people look at him and they're going to think about you differently. But I think when everything gets politicized, you know, obviously it could have started like early on with the, with Trump and everything that came out of that. And obviously he's a polarizing figure as you know, a lot of people in politics are that like we've gone into like self protection mode to like the death. Like we'll do anything, but we can't like, we literally view people who don't agree with us as dirty and we're, like we're wearing like brand new vans and being around somebody who like doesn't agree with us is like, wearing our white Vans to the pumpkin patch. And you're like, I'm going to walk out here just ruined. You know, people are going to look at me like I'm disgusting. Like, this is not, like, I don't even want to be around you. And the problem is, like, unity isn't conformity. It's like the celebration of diversity. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's the thing that, like, honestly, it breaks my heart to the core. And this is, like, honestly, I I had a really hard time During all this stuff with uh, the obviously the whole racial confrontation that happened all across the country, and you know, obviously, all the people around you start having all their opinions, you know. And the first thing that came to my mind, and I really kind of went silent on all social medias and and stuff during that time because my heart was just broken simply because. The amount of value that you lose by only valuing the people that look and sound and agree with you um, is just so vast. Like, I've learned so much, and I lo- I just love being around people. Like, yeah. I love meeting people. I love meeting weird people. All shapes and sizes, backgrounds, like, that's just me. I. I just love people. Like, people freaking amaze me. Even like, when I see, like, crazy, stupid videos on the internet, I'm like, people freaking kill me, dog. Like, they're just so genius. Like, something they think about, it, I'm just like, dude, just the fact that not only you thought about that, but you were like, hey, let's make a YouTube channel around this. I'm just like, <laughs> people freaking kill me. But it's the inability to see value in anything but what looks like you is just, like, it hurts my heart because that's one of the things that i value most about my life um it's just being around
1: so many different types of people and totally. traveling and totally i mean man i miss traveling don't get me wrong i i traveled quite a bit this summer and but but there's levels but there's levels and i miss getting getting on an 8 to 10 hour flight i miss miss getting out of the country i mean I haven't done like a ton of it, but when we, when I studied abroad in college, it broadened my horizon and, uh, I still haven't been, I've been out of the country one time with my wife. We've been here for five years. Canada doesn't count. <laughs> uh, we went to Columbia for a wedding, which was wow. That opens your eyes up too, for like the world is amazing. Yes. It's crazy. And that was one hell of a trip still haven't done our honeymoon kind of waiting for this to calm down a little bit but yeah wouldn't that be nice to just get back to doing everything the way we used to (laughs) but I think I think we grew I think we grew up in the best
0: time ever to be a kid
1: yeah it was pretty cool
0: like from music to art to movies to sports like We really were in the best time of when everything that's, like, in full-fledged, like, full steam ahead now, like, was just getting started and rolling, like, we kind of grew up with it. We're kind of the same age as, like, a lot of the stuff that's, like, mainstream now.
1: Yeah, and... Think about how weird some of these things are now that we have to almost adopt into our lives to feel like we're not an outsider. Imagine people who are Imagine like our, our parents. parents.
0: <laughs> people who like didn't grow up with a phone now, like they,
1: they- I, I respect their opinion because it might be completely dog in whatever is going on right now. But if I have something negative to say about some of the lifestyle choices and things that are going on right now i can't imagine someone growing up 40 years before me i mean or even
0: our grandparents there's like
1: yo <laughs> i don't think they can even say a word like a speak about it because they're just so but that just makes me think how are we gonna feel in 30 years <laughs> flying I mean, cars with we thought we were
0: gonna have flying cars by now yeah but i mean we're, we're g- getting much closer
1: we're close to it
0: when I started thinking about flying cars, I'm like, I guess you would need a, I've always just thought about just, but you know, obviously they just fly around, but I didn't really think about like a structure in the sky. Cause you can't just have like traffic's bad as it is when we have lines and stop signs and stop lights, let alone just everybody up in the sky flying yeah, around. I don't at
1: think you <laughs> could just go any, any direction you want. Floating stop signs.
0: That, that could get real fast.
1: Yeah, I've seen Star Wars. <laughs>
0: it didn't turn out well.
1: Nope, and it won't be that way either.
0: Yeah, at all. No, I think it's... Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's a weird, weird time to be alive. And, you know, I mean, even thinking about the, sim- the simplicity, I'm actually glad that we didn't grow up with social media. I mean, you know, sometimes we'll talk about... uh like the homies were like, man, our Instagram would have been popping. You know, it's like when our high school, we were the pop with our kid, we would have had all these followers, <laughs> and we would have been like, you know. And you are like, man, I'm I'm lucky glad, you know, where you actually, you know, if you wanted to talk to a girl, like you actually had to like get her number, you know, you did you can just like slide
1: into some DMs, you know. It was still face to face. You actually had to like time. have some cojones, you know, to like. Plus, <laughs> it goes back to like what you just said. I mean, having the spotlight in front of you all day all the time you say one bad thing it goes south on 10 different media sources and 10 years later it just gets it can get picked up it can get picked up again i mean you become famous at that age i'm not necessarily sure like the rest of your life is all butterflies and rainbows money money might make it good for a little while but (laughs) don't get me wrong i mean I, i i love money but being on the the small end of the the spectrum and out of the limelight would be My preferred way. Yes. All right, homie, let's wrap this thing up.
0: Let's uh, put in some time. I love it. Uh, Do you have any... Where can the people find you online? Uh, People want to buy some houses, Max.
1: People want to buy some houses. Find me on Instagram. Hey,
0: what's the handle? At Maxwell
1: McKinley. One word? One word. M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y. McKinley Sound Properties is our website. Not much there because things don't live on websites really anymore. I they mean, they really don't. It's uh, it's a social media world. So reach out to me there. That's the easiest way to get hold of me. Would love to collaborate.
0: And you got anything else for the people? Anybody wants the golf smoke?
1: <laughs> no, it's winter time.
0: <laughs> it's a, you, so I'll take you up on the
1: indoor season. league, Linwood back nine. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh,
0: well. For all you OTL fans, obviously, you can catch me uh, outside. How about that? No, I'm just kidding. JR underscore AM underscore I. Off the Leash Lifestyle. Uh, Go check out our new episode snapshot of consistency. Obviously, this one will be out very soon. But until next time, my friends, stay off the leash. Woo! You know what it is.